everyone and welcome to another episode of the Golden Collective podcast. It is my pleasure to be bringing you another episode today. Now this one in particular is close to my heart because if you know me, you may know that I work with an organization called Compassion. And today's interview is actually with a previous sponsor child from the Philippines and her name is Teresa. This interview is incredible. Teresa's story is amazing and humbling and your mind will be blown. So I can't wait for you to hear this one. Let's jump into the interview. Well, hi, Teresa. Welcome to the Golden Collective podcast. It's so good to have you with us today. Thank you, Miss Emily. (laughs) Well, why don't you get us started? Are you happy to introduce yourself to the listeners? Uh, Yes. My name is Teresa Ventura now Mackenty. I'm married to my husband Jeremy and I'm originally from Cebu, Philippines, but I have been here in Sydney for maybe nearly five years. Fantastic. So tell us what was it like growing up in the Philippines? So growing up in the Philippines um, is really fun (laughs) and I enjoyed it so much, but there are also like Um, things that are not enjoyable like um, because we live in the slums Mm -hmm. and sometimes we see like things that are not like worth seeing like for example things that are like present in like dangerous situations like you can see people selling drugs Mm -hmm. and doing like different kinds of crime just to feed like their family or like do anything to feed their vices yes wow what was your house like growing up just for people to picture the sort of living environment that you grew up in yes so we live in a slum area so when you say slum area in the philippines it's really like the road the road is really narrow Mm -hmm. so like when you extend your hands like two arms then it's the house of your neighbor so like wall to wall it's like your neighbor's house is just wall away from your house or Mm. even like your neighbor will use your wall or you will use your neighbor's wall right and like there is so much like canals and you can smell like Mm. smelly like um, things from the canal yes (laughs) Yes. and who is in your family do you have any siblings or your parents yes so I have two brothers my older brother is one year older than me and my younger brother is 11 years younger than me okay yes (laughs) and tell me growing up uh, did you grow up in a christian household did you know about god or church yes so growing up um it's a mixture because my parents are not christians my mother used to be a christian but she decided to join my father so both of them are activists, so they renounce their faith to God and just like um, solving like community issues or like solving poverty through like discussions and rallying the stri- rallying in the streets. Mm. And so like knowing God for me is like maybe in the context of my grandmother because she's a Christian and I see her praying like early in the morning and we used to sleep together in one bed together with my auntie and so because my parents um they're really busy with like 
community work and helping even when we are poor they're also helping poor communities and so they go out of the house maybe like 5 a.m and then they go they come back in our home at 12 so we don't really really see them but my father um, doesn't want me to go to my grandmother's church oh okay now we know each other through our connection through compassion so would you like to tell me what involvement compassion had in your life and when that journey started for you yes so as i have said um earlier that um, my father doesn't want me to go to church so every time like every sunday i always wanted to go to my grandmother's church but my father said i can go to the catholic church because my father is you um is used to be a Catholic mm-hmm. before renouncing his faith. But my father said to me, I will never go to a Christian church. But my grandmother, um, in her church, there is like the compassion existed. So he, she asked my father if I can be a compassion child when I was five years old. But my father said, I can only be a compassion child because of the educational purposes. Because mm. my father and my mother, they were not able to finish university, but um, their hopes and dreams are to like make their children finish university and become professionals. Because in the Philippines, we can never have a better life if we will not finish university. So my grandmother said, okay, we will do that. But um, my father said, not knowing about Jesus, so if it's about Jesus and God, then there's no way that he will be able to allow me. Mm. But for me, it was total freedom because like even once a month, I can go to the church where I can learn about Jesus that I was hearing about when my grandmother was praying. Yes. yes. Oh, that is so special. Do you remember the day that you received your sponsor? What was that like? Yes. Yeah, so I was like, I was told that I have a sponsor and she is from America and she is she's a Filipina this um, from the Philippines but married to an American ah. and so I was wondering if this is just like photos like they will send photos and then help us with our school but she came to see us she came to see me and then I was thinking like well like she's a real person (laughs) and then we were invited to go to the hotel to the hotel lobby and then they talked to us like that and so my parents were wondering like why these people are so kind and so Mm. I was so joyful to really see her um, and she was my first sponsor wow that is amazing that you got to meet your sponsor and she got to meet you that is so cool What was it like in the Compassion Project? What were some of your favorite memories or what were some of the hard times? So in the Compassion, my favorite time is when we read the the Bible and then memorize the book, like books of the Bible Mm. and then verses in the Bible. Because even now, I can still remember the verses that were taught to us. Because like I can only go to the church... um, once a month Mm. and so i cherish every word um yeah that were taught to us and because i can never hear god's word in my family like in my mother and my father but um in the compassion i can hear 
who God is mm. and who Jesus is. And He loves us. And so I'm really inspired to hear more about God and seeing like children in poverty too. And they love Jesus as well. Yes. And so that's the best part. Yeah. And um, actually like free food. <laughs> <laughs> that's always a highlight. <laughs> yes. And um, like I really wanted camps because like um, camps are like you soak in the word of God and and just worship God. Mm. And then like being like away from like chaos in the community. Mm. Yes. Beautiful. What did you feel that you learnt about God? Was that a new revelation for you to know God as your heavenly father? Yes. So for me, um, because in, in our island, um, it's like a bastion of like like tradition of things that are that people are taking step to draw closer to God. But when I came to know Jesus, um, I came to know him as like a personal God that in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, so in the camp, um, our pastor said, who can go to heaven? And it opened my eyes that it's not about um, doing traditions and doing like rituals or anything. Hmm. So it's about receiving him and it's only by his grace that we can come to the Father and it's not our works. And so I was really delighted to know that Jesus also died for people mm. like who are poor and then and people who will receive him. Yes. Wow. What do you feel that you've learned or what has God taught you in that tough season of life where you grew up in poverty and um, were confronted by quite a lot of things in your community? What do you feel God was teaching in you? Um, God is teaching me like in the verses that I've learned in one of our um, lesson in Deuteronomy, he said that be strong and courageous, do not be afraid, for the Lord your God goes with you and he will never leave you nor forsake you. And so because when I was young, right, um, my father um, used to beat me when I go to church. Mm -hmm. But even when I was a compassion child, I don't, um, I'm not allowed to go like any other church activity except for compassion. But when I was beaten, um, I can remember and I memorized that I should be strong and I should be courageous. And I claim in the book of Acts that if one of your family member will be saved, then the entire household will be saved. Mm. So God is telling me that um, because I am a believer, my whole family will be under the grace of God. And um, in his time, he will also reveal himself to them. Yes. Wow. Teresa, you're amazing. Um, growing up, did you feel that you had a hope for your future to pursue your dreams, to pursue higher education? What was that like for you as you got a little bit older? So growing up, I can see like poverty, right? In my community, but I can see people as well when they believe in Jesus, um, they have great hope and I can see them joyful and even in compassion and I'm inspired to also take the same steps because they believe in Jesus and trust God with all their hearts even amidst like not able to afford university and the Lord um, 
has given me a just one university in my mind and that's University of the Philippines and it's very hard to to pass the exam but because of the tutorials that compassion has given and like they really help us to understand more about our lessons so God has opened the way for for that to be open and so I was thinking God I can't really pass it but because of you Lord you will only be the one to mm. um, grant it and so like from the children who took the exam from high school and like I can really see God moving because I was not so confident and the people in the church really prayed for me they laid hands on me and I, I felt so confident and like in even in the university I said to God Lord we don't we can't afford it but because of compassion they help us to do the things that we want to do and so like I wanted to do like health sciences like that but we can't afford it but um, the Lord was able to open up like management course and even like in law school after that like it's only the Lord who open up ways because in my imagination I can never um, take steps to to finish university because it's really expensive and my brother um, he was not able to finish university and he has to stop because our house was burned by the fire in my community and so he has to work and he worked in a factory to give way to me and my younger brother and it was a great sacrifice for him mm. so if it was not for God who gave us hope and a future um, I'm not so sure yeah. where we have been mm. where will we will be yes, <laughs> yes. did you notice in your community growing up uh, the difference between children in the compassion project and other children in the community or those that were in church and not what did you observe yes so as I have observed, those who know God, those who are in compassion, they have like goals and aspirations in life. Mm. Because every year we have our my plan for tomorrow, so we always read and we we gauge our our goals. We read it like at the end of the year, and then we write at the beginning of the year what's our plans and if it's in in alignment with God. And so, so many people in my community marry, or not married, but like get to have children like at early age and unplanned things. But because of like the guidance of the people who fear God, they inculcate in us the fear of the Lord. And so we don't do things that will harm ourselves. And we always um, try to check like what we are doing to other people in our community too mm. and so like before like people in my community are like mo like many of them are selling drugs but because their children were compassion children um, the fear of the Lord entered their home and so we can see changes in their lives and they can see the changes in their children's um, lives as well mm. that they will pray for their family even when they're their parents are doing bad things but the lord is changing the course of our communities like 
lives. Mm -hmm. And so that's, I'm really, really like, we can see the difference between those who really fear God and don't, uh, those who don't. Yes. You mentioned a fire there. So when did that happen and what sort of impact did that have on your family and community? Yes, yeah, so in the year 2000, it's July, I think July 8th, when we were in Compassion, somebody called our church and said um, our entire community was burned by the fire. And we run, even when the Compassion people said that we can't go home because mm -hmm. the fire is like in, um, the petrol station is in danger of also bursting. Wow. But we run and then we cried. And when, when we reached our community, it was already burnt. Mm. And no, like some houses, maybe like three or four houses are still standing, but all of the houses that we have are all burnt by the fire. And so in my heart, I was asking God, Lord, how can you said, Lord, that you are good mm. and you are kind and you will protect your people. But like, how come that this event took place? But the first people who came to rescue us are the like people from the church and from mm -hmm. compassion. And in my, in my mind that was filled with so much anger and fear because like, no how like you will not have any house mm. and we live in the in the school for maybe four months wow. and all of the community people live in the school and it was school time and so in the morning we also go to our school but in the evening we sleep together with all our neighbors mm. and it was so hard for me it was the hardest time because i could no longer study because so much noise mm. and i asked god lord um what can a good thing come from having these things happening? Yes. But I did not know that um, Compassion said, the Compassion staff said like, Romans 8, 28, all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purposes. And I said, Lord, what, what can a good thing come out of this? But my father remembered um, that they were offered that we can live in the church parsonage because the principal in our school said that I will be kicked out from the school because I failed a subject. And if I will fail too, then I will be kicked out. And my father's fear of me kicked out in the school um, grew. And he said to me, um, they offered that you can live with your brother, but all of us, but just you and your brother and your grandmother. But they did not visit us for one month in the church. But for me, it was total freedom because <laughs> I can go in the church and hear what they're saying. And we did not know that my father and my mother came to see us. They thought that we are in the parsonage, but we are in the church. And so at that time, my father was just looking for us. He never intended to enter church, but he was sitting at the very back end of the church. And then at that time, the pastor was sharing about salvation in Gentry 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And his mind got open because he thought that the issues of the world, the problems of the world will be answered by things like through rallying and solving problems like through logic. But in his heart, it pierced him because he said that that's the first time in his entire life that 
he knew Jesus. And so four months, he just came to church without saying anything until that fire that occurred in my community led him to know Jesus. Wow. And he said to me, um, can we be water baptized together? Mm. So when I first, when when I was nine in one of the camp, I received the Lord Jesus and I wanted to be water baptized. But my father said no to me. And he said, I will wait until I will be 18. And now after four years, he said, um, he said, if we can be water baptized together and all the compassion children and staff and the church people were crying because they know how much we prayed, me and my grandmother prayed for, for my father and my mother to come back to Jesus and also my brother. And so that fire caused my family, all of my family to came back, to come back to God. Yes. Oh, wow. What an incredible story. And yeah, there was purpose in that, that your dad and your family got to know Jesus. Yes. So what did life then look like once your parents became Christians and you were able to freely go to church. How did that change things for your family? So it was very joyful because we can go to church together. Mm. And I thought that it was just like a distant dream. Mm. And um, at one time, I went, to, I went to stay with a pastor's family and I saw them praying for their children before they go to school. And it was just my hopes and dream that someday my parents will also pray for us mm-hmm. before going to school or anywhere. But um, the Lord opened a, a door for us that when my father came to know Jesus, he lost his work. And literally, we were like kneeling. We will all be kneeling every day for God to give him work. Because like we don't have money, our house was on fire, was mm-hmm. burned by the fire. And like the house is just like built little by little through our relatives' help as well and compassion as well. And so like when we are kneeling before the Lord, um, people will just starting to knock our doors and give us rice, cooked rice and mm-hmm. egg. And that taught us how to be humble, how to be prayerful as a family and so by God's grace like three years after being a Christian my my father was appointed to be the project director of the same compassion center and before um, he used to persecute people in the church but now he's reaching out to people in the community like families who are like dysfunctional as well Mm. and so praise God for for my mother as well, she's serving to, before the pandemic, 300, maybe 300 plus children cooking for their food as an assistant. And so my brothers as well, they have been like trials, but because God is now the center of our lives, we don't like quarrel and we don't argue about things, but we just hold on to God and we understand now how God is faithful. Mm, what an incredible story of transformation oh so cool that God had a greater plan for your dad and for your family and to see them now serving it's full circle isn't it (laughs) thank you Lord (laughs) 
Now, I'm curious how you got to meet your husband, Jeremy. So do you want to tell us about that story? Yes. So when I first came to the church as a compassion child, I've overheard young people, they were talking. And they said that you need to pray for your future husband. And then I said like, wow, so Christians do like this. And so deep in my heart, I said to God, Lord, if what they're saying is real, I would like to say to ask you, Lord, that I will have a Christian white, white Christian um, husband in the future. <laughs> but, um, but I th- when I grew up, I said maybe this is impossible because the people who come to the Philippines maybe like just like retiree age. But the Lord opened up a door like we met in the website. Um, it's no longer existing, but the Lord opened up that way, that door. And so um, a pastor like gave a prophecy that um, he is a gem in the road and mm. his name is Jeremy and then his dad calls him Gem. And he is working in the road because he's a land surveyor. So, yes, that's um, right. <laughs> it's all of God's goodness. <laughs> that is so cool. So you met online and then was he able to come and visit you because he's from Australia. So how did you guys manage that? Was it a long distance relationship for a while? Yes. Yeah, so maybe like two and a half years, he came back and forth in the Philippines. And like he used to be a Christian when he was young but he gave up his faith to God but as a friend I said to him um, there is nothing I can share except Jesus and and if you will believe in him then your life will never be the same again and so he embraced the challenge of accepting God and when he saw the compassion children they were lining up for food and before they line up for food they will say a Bible verse and they will thank God for the food that they will be eating and also the community people. And he thought in his heart um, that what did he do in his life, that he has not been thankful to God mm-hmm. for any blessing. And so like seeing the poverty, but still they hold on to God, change his life. And um, he's just amazed like how God has been so faithful with everyone's life amidst like living in such like a slum area Mm. like hygiene um like hygienic Mm -hmm. things maybe are like not found here in australia but yes and then did you get married in the philippines or in australia so we got married in the philippines in the same church that we were um compassion children Mm -hmm. and in the same the same spot that we were baptized yes <laughs> yes and then you made a decision to move to Australia together so what was that transition like for you was that quite a shock to adjust to the Australian culture yes so it's really shocking for me because in the Philippines when I was young we can only eat cake like literally we can only eat cake when it is our birthday because the compassion people will give us a birthday cake <laughs> but here in Australia like you can just buy a cake like <laughs> anywhere in the shops and so like everything like it's so abundant here and in the Philippines like growing up we will pray for each things that will come our way but here it's like all like just given mm-hmm. and so it's hard for me to like just um, 
think of those things. Yes. And so I'm really thankful to God and like just um, I I said that I am blessed to be a blessing to my community, to my mm. family, and to those people who are in need. Mm, beautiful. What do you feel that uh, we as Westerners and the Western modern church need to learn? What could we learn from your experience? So I just thought that um, like Australians are really generous. Like I can find, like I can see so much generosity and kindness because in the Philippines, because of poverty, we don't think of praying for other people mm. because like we just think of ourselves because like that. But like in Australia, um, people are so generous and kind, but sometimes I just feel that like because of the abundance of like earthly possessions mm. here in Australia like people are um, maybe lacking in like gratefulness yes and like because everything is given sometimes people think that things are from themselves and not from God mm. and so like I just pray that all of the Australians um, will really thank God for everything because not everyone has enjoyed the same bounty as the people in Australia mm. are enjoying. Mm. And like I would like to commend all the churches who are partnering with Compassion because like you just don't know how much treasure you are to the families that you are helping. Yes. Oh, I love it. And I know that we've heard plenty about uh, the benefits that you had as a sponsor child. Do you have any encouragement for the listeners if they are considering sponsoring a child themselves? Yes. So if you are considering um, sponsoring a child, you are really um, investing in a good soil. Mm. Especially this pandemic, um, we can see how faithful God is because like, despite people um, lost work, mm. um, we can... We can um, see people from Compassion delivering so much goods to families and community. Mm. And like, if you can help um, before, so how much um, more now that yeah. people are in so much, um, they are so much in need. And like children are in need of so much things, but they're just praying to the Lord. And if you are... Um, sponsoring a child you are giving them hope for a better future and not just a better future but a great future because you are putting um, faith and you are putting faithfulness as well because mm. that child will become a great christian mm. and you're not just changing that child's life but the entire family and community and nation yes oh incredible and can you share with us what is happening in the Philippines at the moment with COVID? What can we specifically be praying for over there? Yes, yeah, so in the Philippines, like in slum areas specifically, you, when you extend your hand, it's already your neighbor. Social, social distancing can never apply to Philippines mm. or maybe like in Asian countries as well who are living in slums. So please pray for the Lord's protection and guidance to be upon the leaders mm -hmm. and I pray and I, I'm requesting for prayer too that 
um, those who are affected will come to know God because um, poverty sometimes blinds people of the goodness of God even when they're presented with the gospel but still because of like lack of like knowledge of God and like hardened hearts because of poverty um, I pray that this pandemic will bring them closer to God mm. and if you can pray for revival in the Philippines Amen. like of faith because like we can see how God how great God is mm. like the pandemic in our community hit um, us like 186 of my neighbors and I was so worried because like my parents are volunteers Mm. And then I said to them, don't volunteer anymore because you are now like in the senior citizen age. Mm-hmm. But they said to to live is Christ and to die is gain. Mm. And But 186 of my neighbors, um, they never had any, like no one has died because of the Lord's faithfulness to them. And in my community, they really see how good and how great God is. Mm. And just hold on to God. In Psalms 91, it says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will find refuge in the shadow of the Almighty. So mm. make God your refuge and your strength. Yes. Wow. Thank you, Teresa. You've been so generous with sharing your story with us. Thank you for being so vulnerable and open and giving us an insight to your life. I've got one last question for you. Is that okay? Yes. (laughs) What are your hopes and dreams for the future? What are you believing for? What do you feel God is calling you to do in your future? Yes. So I'm believing for like more like children to sponsor. Mm -hmm. And so like we have some sponsored children, but I'm really praying that God will bless us more so we can sponsor more. And I'm praying that we can build a library. Um, for our church and our community and like not just our communities but different communities and like um, I'm hoping that we can come to the Philippines and then just like establish like some sort of like center that mm. children can go there with free access to internet for for them to print things and then play like people I like children here in before and after school care yeah. um, does I really pray that um, God will open up doors for children mm. in the Philippines as well. Wow. Teresa, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast and sharing your story with us. God has got an incredible plan and purpose over your life. And uh, I'm sure your story has touched many people listening today. So thank you again. And we are believing and praying with you for your future, for your hopes and your dreams, and of course, your community back in the Philippines. So thank you for being with us. Thank you and God bless you, Miss Emily. I don't know about you, but that one got me. (laughs) I was so humbled to hear Teresa's story, the challenges she's faced and the perspective she now has of how God wants to bless her to be a blessing. I'm sure there was something that each of us could take away and reflect on from that. And I, of course, wanted to let you know that if you want to sponsor a child just like Teresa, I have put a link to Compassion's sponsorship page uh, in the show notes. So if you do sponsor, please, I would love to know. Send us a message on Instagram and I really want to celebrate with you and also to let Teresa know of the impact her story has had. So let me pray for you as we close. Lord, I thank you for Teresa and her family and the testimony of her life. 
I pray that you would humble us to have a greater appreciation for your goodness in every area of our lives. God, I pray that you would keep our hearts soft and sensitive to what breaks yours. And we ask that we would become vessels for spreading the good news and showing your love and compassion to the poor. Thank you that there will be thousands more stories like Teresa's because of your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Of course, we'd love for you to follow us on Instagram at goldencollective underscore. I'll also link Teresa's Instagram page in our notes below. Together, let's see more lives transformed. I can't wait to hear from those of you that are choosing to sponsor today. And of course, we're looking forward to bringing you another episode soon. So until then, stay golden. Stay golden.